0: Yo, what's good? Top of the Top, episode 223, Stash House Podcast. Your boy Tyler checking in. First time listeners, thank y'all for tuning in. If you tune in weekly, salute. Andy just episode some topics you may want to hear about. Salute to you as well. Like, share, subscribe, retweet, whatever you do to help support this podcast, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Podcasts available on all podcast streaming platforms: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to your preferred platform. Like this video on YouTube, share it with your people, putting your people on. All greatly, greatly appreciated. And once again, thank y'all for tuning in. Gonna jump right into it this week. First, with some wrestling news last week, the wrestling community we took a couple losses last week, so I want to touch on that real quick. First, last Wednesday we got the news of the legendary Terry Funk passing away at the age of seventy nine. Terry Funk, wrestling legend, hardcore legend, definitely my fondest memory of Terry Funk because he's been out for decades, and I got to experience some of his matches in early to the mid two thousands. But ECW one night stand. 2006 if I'm not mistaken that's the one where RVD and John Cena main evented. One I bought that on DVD (laughs) back in 06 I bought it on DVD and during that event the event overall is a great uh, pay per view so if you got the Peacock app I definitely recommend you check out ECW One Night Stand 2006 and 2005 really but in 2006 it was a match Terry Funk and Tommy Dreamer versus Edge and Mick Foley And oddly enough, we just coming off of what possibly was Edge last match as well a couple weeks ago, then to turn back around and have this news, which is kind of crazy. But that was a tag team match, hardcore tag team match, crazy, crazy match. If you watch any match from that pay-per-view, I highly suggest that tag team match, Terry Funk, Tommy Dreamer, versus Edge and Mick Foley. And Mick Foley, I saw him tweet out about this because Terry Funk was Mick Foley's idol and mentor. So, just crazy how the wrestling world works. So, we had that news. Terry Funk passing away at age 79 on Wednesday. Then the next day, Thursday, we got the news of Wyndham Rotunda, also known as Bray Wyatt passing away. We learned that via Triple H. He tweeted it out. And this one really rocked the wrestling community because Bray is a guy, we have seen his journey. We seen his journey through NXT. Of course, the main roster, everything he had going on, the main roster, Bray Wyatt character with the Wyatt family, but recently he's been off television. I want to say since maybe February or March, he's been off television. A couple weeks ago, I saw news came out he's been dealing with health issues, and the information I saw, it did state that it was a life or death situation. I did see that, but they didn't go into detail of what was actually wrong. So, we got the news Thursday. He passed away, young age of 36, then later on, I saw new Sean Ross from Twitter post that he had got permission from Bray's family to bring out the details of his situation, saying he was suffering from COVID. And then he was on the road to recovery because for weeks now, I've been seeing the timeline saying Bray's expected to return. He expected to return, but we just never know when. But sadly, Thursday morning, he had a heart attack. That's the information Sean posted to the timeline. So, like I said, this really rocked the wrestling community. One, because he was an active superstar. Even though he hasn't been seen on television, he was still, you know what I'm saying, his presence was still felt in the wrestling community without even being on television. And like I said before, we just saw his journey from coming in developmental to developing this Bray Wyatt character, the mystique of the Bray Wyatt character in the Wyatt family like no other. It was like no other. And of course, a couple years ago in 2020, Luke Harper from the Wyatt family also passed away. So now there's two members of the Wyatt family that passed away. Like I said, yes, you can have your opinions about wrestling or whatever, but it is a dark, dark community still. Like these stories and the way people are attached to these characters, you know, it gets a little emotional. And we've seen that with different posts from wrestlers, people who work with Bray, fans. We saw different videos of Bray walking up to fans, fans running to him in the gym, and he was just a nice guy. He's a nice guy. And one thing I always forget about Bray and his story, he attended Troy University. He attended Troy University, and I believe he was a journalism student, if I'm not mistaken. Of course, he wasn't there the same time I was there, but we have that connection as well. So young age of 36, like I said, it definitely shook the wrestling community. Uh, Friday, SmackDown, they had a tribute show for both him and Terry Funk. It was just emotional because it's been a while since a active wrestler passed, and you combine that with the legendary funk passing away. I think they did great with everything considered. I feel like everybody in the company held it together. They did a great job with the tribute show. I love the way it ended with the lantern in the middle of the ring, with Bray on the screen and everything. I, I feel like they did a great, great job overall. I'm sure. Um, Raw is going to do some type of tribute. and Of course, they got the payback event coming up as well. So with everything going on in the wrestling world before Wednesday, I mean, AEW All-In in London, Wembley Stadium, that was great news to hear about how their tickets been selling. WrestleMania, Philadelphia tickets went on sale. They had a large first-day numbers for that as well. So a lot of things was going good in the wrestling world, but Wednesday and Thursday with the news of Terry Funk, age 79 passing away, Wyndham Rotonda, aka Bray Wyatt, age 36 passing away. It just shook us up a little bit. Y'all know I'm in the wrestling community, so I wanted to open up this episode, sending my condolences out to the families of Terry Funk and Wyndham Rotonda. And uh, yeah, you know, they uh their legacy would definitely live on. Now, college football is back. We had a couple games over the weekend, but the quote-unquote official kickoff to college football for me this weekend, Ohio State returns to the field after a heartbreaking loss in last year's college football playoff semifinals. The loss to Georgia, literally, as the clock struck midnight to 2023, we lost the game on a field goal kick. One of the worst kits i ever seen in my life watching the football game. But that's old news. It's time to flip the page. A new chapter in Ohio State Buckeyes football. And this weekend, it begins. So first, let me read off our schedule to y'all. First, and I got the schedule up on the screen too as well for people watching on YouTube. Week one, we got Indiana. Then we have Youngstown State. Western Kentucky, Notre Dame, Maryland, Purdue, Penn State, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Michigan State, Minnesota, and of course, the last game of the season against the team up north, also known as Michigan. Now, in terms of schedule, I'll let y'all know right now, I will miss, if not all, of game one. Because I have a wedding to attend. And the wedding start time and the game start time are at the same exact time. So, depending on how long the wedding go and everything, I may catch some of the game while I'm on the road. Of course, I'll try my best listen to the radio gameplay. But as it looks like right now, game one, I will miss most, if not all, of game one. So, that's that on that. Of course, in terms of scheduling, y'all know me. I take it week by week. I do see we have a few Big Ten games, conference games on the schedule. I always look out for those. You never know when you might have a sleep weekend or a team that just wants to ruin your season. So, of course, I take that week by week. Clearly, clearly we need a win against Michigan this year. They beat us the past two years. But I'll focus on that throughout the season. What I'm here to do this week, just get my expectations for both the offense, defense, Ryan Day, who's the impact players And all that good stuff So first, let's get right on into it My biggest question Going into the season Starting quarterback Starting quarterback, of course, C.J. Stroud Went to the NFL Draft, he got drafted to the Houston Texans, and yes, if you're Wondering, somehow, some way, On one of my fantasy football teams I managed to get Justin Fields Jackson Smith and Jitma And C.J. Stroud, now Want me to be honest, I wanted Garrett Wilson. Shout out my boy Jake. He snatched up Garrett Wilson before I did. And uh, I can't think of who got Chris Olave. But I did get Justin Fields, Jackson Smith and Jigma, and CJ Stroud. But don't sleep on my team because I do got some heavy hitters as well. But just to let y'all know first, my biggest question going into the season quarterback. Who's going to be the starting quarterback at the time? We got Kyle McCord, who's a junior. Devin Brown, who's a sophomore, from what I'm hearing, both of them will get playing time against Indiana because Ryan Day has not officially named either of them a starting quarterback. So we'll see how it goes. We got to see the product on the field first. Of course, Ryan Day, Hartline. They're taking turns with the offensive play calling. So we gotta they got to get that chemistry down pat because I feel like our quarterback play opens up our running game. And that's when I feel like Ohio State is at its best. When the running game is going great, then you can balance out with the passing. I believe we damn near unstoppable in that. I believe we unstoppable when it comes to that. So I got to see the product on the field. Sadly, like I said, I'm going to miss most, if not all, of game one. But that's what highlights for. I'm really not a highlight guy because you really can't see every little thing that you want to see, but we'll see how it goes. Running back. Running back. If we can stay healthy, I believe we'll be solid in that department. We got Trevion Henderson returning and Mayan Williams. That's been our Achilles heel for the past couple years at running back, staying healthy. I'm also seeing Evan Pryor on the depth chart as well. I'm not sure if Chip and Hayden will be around, but if they're around, we can be really, really deep at the running back position. But Trevion Henderson, Mayan Williams, those two guys stay healthy. I believe we'll be straight in terms of running back. And, of course, wide receivers, Me personally, I believe we got the best wide receiver core in the nation. Of course, number one, Marvin Harrison Jr., top receiver in the nation. Also, Emega Ibuka. Those two combined last year 2,414 yards and 24 touchdowns. So with those two doing their thing, we got room for Julian Fleming to make some plays, Jalen Ballard, Xavier Johnson, Carnell Tate. With all the attention on Marvin Harrison Jr., Ibuka should already be able to eat Then you put that where he can make plays. I believe our slot receivers, they got open space to make things happen. Goes back to what I said, play calling, quarterback chemistry, running backs doing their thing. In terms of offense, offensive line, I wonder if one of these quarterbacks are good on their feet. That would be a plus. Offensive line got to do their job. In terms of offense, I'm going into the season pretty confident outside of the quarterback. Of course, that's probably – the number one thing you need to have secure is quarterback play. But with our receivers, running back staying healthy, I believe our quarterback, whoever the starting quarterback is, he can be able to fill in pretty comfortably. I'm not looking for you to be Justin Fields, uh, Braxton Miller, nothing like that coming off game one. But I would be a little bit more excited if I knew one of them can make plays with their legs as well as their arms. But we shall see. But in terms of receivers, Marvin Harrison, Jr., Man, like I said, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Maybe who knows what woulda happened if he didn't get put out the game against Georgia because we was making plays after he left the game. But Marvin Harrison Jr., very, very talented. I'm looking for him to have a big, big season as well. So in terms of offense, I feel like at running back, long as we stay healthy, we can make plays. Right receiver, of course, should be able to make plays. But the question of quarterback, I mean, that's coming off a of starting quarterback for the past two, three years going to the draft. That happens. We'll see how it goes game one, who's the favorite leading forward. So we'll figure that out as we go. But my biggest concern is definitely the defense and Ryan Day. Now, I say Ryan Day because I do feel like the seat is warm. I'm not going to say he's on the hot seat, but I definitely feel like it's warm right now. And we got to get back to, yo, man, stay with what got you to the dance. If a balanced offense is what get us winning, get us on the board early, let's stay with that running game. Get the running game going. Let the offensive linemen make holes. That opens up the passing game. Like I said, we pretty deep in terms of wide receivers, so of course Marvin Harrison might get double teamed. That make room for Ibuka. Ibuka can make plays. And then you got these slot receivers who everybody's confident in. Allow them to make plays as well. Hey man, that sounds like a recipe for success in my opinion. And like I said, we'll see how the quarterbacks play. If one of them good on their legs. you can. Like I said, if you're doing uh, sharing playing time with the quarterbacks if one better with his arm, the other one better with his legs, who's the smarter one out the two, hey man, that's a recipe for success get what got you to the dance man I don't care if Henderson is six attempts 30 something yards, allow him to keep going, at least let both of them average, Mayan Wills and Travion Henderson, you allow them to each have at least 15 rushing attempts early and then we just go from there, I wouldn't be mad. At least you tried. Our defense, that front four, once again, I want a nasty front four. Get some pressure on that quarterback. Close in those holes for the running game. I believe we'll be all right, front four. Linebackers, play smart. Be able to read that offense. Scrambling quarterbacks, definitely an Achilles heel for our defense. Play smarter. But the safeties and corners, I don't have nothing for them. They, they'll they get burnt. They'll get pass interference calls. Uh, safeties and corners, definitely a huge question mark for my defense. It's nothing I really can't. I've been saying it for the past few years in terms of safeties and corners. Hey, man, some games we just go get burnt. Some games we're going to have shootouts. Once again, I'm positive we're going to come into this season – a second-half team again. I don't like it. I like from quarter number one. Hey, man, do not do not let this game, if it's a 12 o'clock game, by the time 2.30, 2.40 come around, I should be comfortable. with like, all right, Ohio State got this one in the bag. We don't need to make some of these games more entertaining than they have to be. Like I said, conference play, we got Purdue, Michigan State, Penn State. I look at all those games, man. I take it week by week because I know how this team operates. They're going to make a lot of games very more interesting than they have to be. So, corners and safeties, defensive-wise, that's still my biggest biggest concern on the defensive side of the ball. So, overall, if you're asking me, Tyler, what are your expectations for this season? What would you like to see happen? Expectations coming into the season, not knowing who's the starting quarterback, I feel like we'll be straight. We'll be straight. My biggest accomplishment I want to have this season. Go undefeated in conference play. So that means, hey, Michigan, y'all got two up on us. Cool. This season, we got to put an end to that. We got to put it in. We got to get by Michigan. Of course, that's the last game of the season, so I don't want to look far ahead to Thanksgiving weekend for that. But, yo, we can't look dominant all season and get to Michigan and just act like we forgot our playbook back in Ohio. We can't do that. We cannot do that. Um, in terms of if we do go undefeated, make it to the playoffs and everything, we got to get over the SEC hump. Like I said, a couple years ago, we finally put down the demon of Clemson. And now, past couple years, lost the Alabama National Championship. Last year, lost the Georgia semifinals. We got to put the rest, this SEC dominance over Ohio State against the teams that matter. You know what I'm saying? If we go up and face fucking Arkansas somebody Florida I expect us to win but in terms of the dominant SEC teams, the Georgias, the Alabamas if we do end up meeting them again we got to put the rest that demon. But once again biggest question mark offensive side of the ball quarterback. We got a sophomore and we got a junior going up for the starting position. Playing time they're going to share it in game one. We'll go from there defensive side Corners, safeties, man, I just don't want to get burnt. (laughs) I know that sounds crazy, but I don't want to get burnt, man. Like, safeties and corners, you know what I'm saying, do what they do. Ryan Day, him at Heartline sharing play calling duties. Get it together, get the chemistry down with the starting quarterback. Running back, stay healthy. We got Marvin Harrison leading the right receiver core. We're pretty deep at the right receiver. A lot of quarterback that get comfortable in that position. This is easily the first season i definitely feel like yo we got a huge demon to overcome after losing to michigan the past 2 years and the way we lost to georgia yo man we got to we got to show up this year and i'm excited i'm excited about it i'm excited for college football football in general being back sports time y'all know my routine do not ask me for anything or to do anything if you haven't seen Ohio State schedule, <laughs> look at the start time of the sh- of the games and everything before you ask Tyler to do anything on Saturday. That's just my rule of law. So Ohio State coming into the season, we got to put down some demons, man. We gotta we gotta show up. We gotta show up. So this has been episode two hundred and twenty three Stash House Podcast. But you guys go out, have a great work week, a great school week. Stay hydrated. Stay safe. Be aware of your surroundings. And uh, keep me in your prayers. I'll do the same for y'all. Salute.